wellness revolution starts now. Well, welcome to the show. My name is Jason Gorlis. I'm a provider here at Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. And today we're going to talk about a, a, a condition that's near and dear to my heart, um, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, otherwise known as ADHD. And you might ask, why is it near and dear to my heart? Because my son is formally diagnosed with ADHD. My daughter probably has it. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I do as well. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of stigma associated with mental health challenges. But what I'd like to tell you today is that ADHD is, is a medical disorder. It's a syndrome, meaning it's a constellation of symptoms that uh, is genetic in nature, has neurological, nutritional, and environmental factors. That imbalances the brain, and that imbalanced brain is what leads to imbalanced behavior. So your significant other, your child, your um, whoever is important to you in your life that has ADHD, uh, they're not a bad kid or a bad person. They're not, they don't have a character problem. I would not label them as messy, as lazy, or a liar. It's truly a medical problem. And it comes in three different types, essentially. There's the predominantly inattentive type, previously known as just attention deficit disorder, which is typically manifested by being easily distracted. You lose your focus, you're forgetful, you're make careless mistakes. <clears throat> then there's the predominantly hyperactive or impulsive subtype, which the kid is always moving or the adult's always moving. Um, if it, as an adult, you tend to um, pick jobs that are not desk jobs that require a lot of physical activity. Um, there's an impatience that's there. They have trouble waiting their turn they are impulsive, both in word and potentially in deed. So saying things that they later regret and doing things that they later regret. And then the third subtype would be a combined subtype, which has components of the inattentive predominant and the hyperactive impulsive predominant. And as I alluded to before, just by my introduction and the fact that I mentioned issues with jobs and the types of jobs that people with ADD tend to gravitate towards, I should say ADHD. And there used to be a distinction between ADHD and ADD. Now it's just three, the three subtypes. Um, it's not just a disorder of children. And so that um, about one in 20 people have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And so it's not just one in 20 children, there's probably one in 20 adults that have it as well. There's significant comorbidities and consequences of having untreated disease. And one of the things that I've run across in my research with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is that a child with ADHD gets 20,000 more comments made, negative comments made to them than their neurotypical peers. And you can imagine the toll that might take on a, a young child and how they might deal with that in less than optimal ways. Some of the interesting statistics around untreated ADHD shows that uh, obviously poor school performance is a significant problem. And about 50% of 
children with ADHD end up either suspended or expelled. And then there's a 30% higher dropout rate for children with ADHD than their neurotypical peers. Depending on your subtype, you have a higher incidence of engaging in risky behavior like substance abuse, sex, reckless driving, and the potential consequences of those decisions. And adults with ADHD tend to struggle more with job performance, and they're about twice as likely to get separated or divorced from their uh, spouses. Subsequent to this, there's much higher incidence of depression and anxiety in all age groups. Now, you say ADHD, it sounds like a a bum deal to have. Uh, There are benefits of having ADHD, and those are those folks tend to be more energetic, they're creative, they're intuitive, and they're what the things that they're most interested in, they're very passionate about. Um, some one particular person that has ADHD that comes to mind is Jim Carrey. He's been mentioned in some of these things, and we know all the laughter that he's given the world. Um, so the questions that we might have then is well, what causes ADHD? And we know also from my introduction, that there's a significant genetic predisposition to having ADHD. So 50% of parents of children with ADHD have it themselves. A lot of times it's under-recognized or under-diagnosed. But we also know that 75% of people with ADHD have different genes than those who don't have ADHD. And those genes are specific to certain things like neurotransmitter production and metabolism, issues with vitamin metabolism, and ultimately deficiency, potentially. So I like to think of health from a 30,000-foot perspective as being contingent upon two major things. Um, that you have sufficiency of what your body needs and that we take away toxicity, those things that your body don't doesn't need or is harmful to your body. And so the things uh, that we look at as far as deficiencies are concerned primarily would be nutrients. Lack of these nutrients ends up or manifests as lack of brain energy. energy and we know that um, underlying a significant majority of mental health challenges, if your brain doesn't have enough energy, it's not going to be able to do the things that it's designed to do. So the things that are we're closely looking at as far as replenishing would be the new minerals like magnesium, zinc, um, lithium, interestingly enough, especially if you're very impulsive, hyperactive, and you're prone to anger, um, essential fatty acids like those found in cold water fatty fish, um, grass-fed pastured eggs, things like that, and then B vitamins, which are also significant cofactors in the production of neurotransmitters. Some of the deficiencies can be the neurotransmitters in themselves. So if you don't have the substrate to make the neurotransmitters like adequate amounts of protein or these cofactors that are important, you may find that you're missing some of these very important neurotransmitters that have been associated with ADHD, like dopamine, norepinephrine, serotonin, GABA. Those are 
um, two of the primary stimulatory neurotransmitters and two of the primary calming neurotransmitters. There may be a deficiency of connection um, or size and, and structure of your brain. Uh, when they've done MRIs of um, children with ADHD and adults with ADHD, they see significant volume decrease in the areas that are associated with ADHD, the frontal cortex, prefrontal cortex, parietal areas, temporal lobe, and even the cerebellum. When they look at functional connectivity between these areas of the brain, then they see that there's less, particularly between the in the prefrontal and frontal areas of the brain. You might have a deficiency of hormones. This is especially an issue with um, adult ADHD, but thyroid is a important uh, hormone that increases energy production in the body through a variety of different mechanisms. And we talked about the importance of energy as far, far as brain function is concerned. Testosterone is important for a sense of confidence and for cognition, particularly in men, but not only in men, also in women. Progesterone, I call it nature's volume, has a very calming effect, especially when taken orally. Estrogen has been likened to nature's Prozac or serotonin. And so we know how when you are feeling happier, then you might uh, have better focus and cognition. And DHEA pregnenolone are what are considered neurosteroids that uh, work predominantly in the brain, but also help to modulate immune function. And they're counter-regulatory hormones to cortisol. So cortisol is um, found to be elevated in people um, with ADHD, particularly those dealing with stress and anxiety as a consequence of their ADHD. So an interesting deficiency that most people don't realize in our urban society is nature. And there's something, a, a, an issue that's been coined nature deficit disorder. And when you don't have enough exposure to time in nature, then studies have shown increased levels of stress hormones there's impaired cognition, impaired focus, and a, a paucity of self-awareness, which seems to be um, rampant in our society today. There's, so those are some of the deficiencies that we would look to uh, um, address here, evaluate and address. But the other thing would be the toxicities. And we're awash in a chemical soup. Our children um, are inundated with vaccinations, um, and adults too. That's not surprising with what we've been through the last three years. There's metals in our environment, mold, um, infections, and not just overt infections, but imbalance in the gastrointestinal tract um, that may uh, be yeast overgrowth or overgrowth of bacteria. And that leads to inflammation in the body and and there's a significant relationship between the, the gut and the brain. It's called the gut-brain axis. And so when there's inflammation in the gut, there's almost guaranteed inflammation in the brain. So another toxin that we're dealing with on a daily basis and, and increasing consistently and exponentially is screen time. There's um, social media, there's gaming, there's what used to be called television, I guess there's still television, um, but there's uh, also these media services 
I'm not trying to badmouth Netflix or anything like that, but somebody who's given to impulsivity and somebody who um, would rather, there's things that they would rather do than sit down and do a bunch of paperwork or something like that. Netflix is a, 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 an unfortunate escape route. And so um, when we know that dopamine is a problem, that, that specific neurotransmitter is a problem with ADHD, we see that, and studies have shown that scrolling on social media can really increase the amount of dopamine that's generated in, in the brain. And if you have an issue with dopamine production in the first place, then you can see how that could be potentially addictive. And that addiction takes away from things that most people should be doing, engaging with their family, their friends, and being physically active outside, enjoying nature. That also sets up issues with self-esteem, potentially in children and young adults, even adults who are concerned about their um, appearance and the likes that they get and things like that um, and on, on social media. So you can see that could, how that could play into this mental health challenge. The other thing is uh, food sensitivities or food allergies. So there's a variety of different ways that food can cause problems in the gastrointestinal tract and thus in the rest of the body. You can have um, a, a true food allergy, which is mediated by part of the immune system called the IgE antibodies. And then there's something called delayed hypersensitivity reactions, which you may eat a food and have a problem um, three up to three days later. And sometimes that food could be, or that problem could be issues with cognition or focus or attention, impulsivity. And so we would want to evaluate you for those things, evaluate your child for those things. The other thing that can happen with food is the additives. We know there's something called a fine gold diet that has been associated with increased, uh, when you uh, ascribe to a fine gold diet, which gets rid of essentially uh, colors and dyes, artificial colorings and dyes in your food, then your ADHD symptoms can be significantly mitigated. So it, we believe that there's an increasing incidence in ADHD. People would say that it's because of um, greater awareness, um, better diagnostic criteria, but I would say that it has to do with greater deficiencies in our environment and toxicities in our environment. So the conventional medical treatment would be to use um, predominantly medications, they come in two different types, stimulant medications, things like Ritalin, Concerta. The stimulant medications predominantly address dopamine and norepinephrine increases those to help with um, focus and hyperactivity. It's kind of, people always ask the question, well, why would a stimulant medication increase um, or or reduce hyperactivity. And so what it does, it just increases your, the focus and, and has a paradoxical response with um, hyperactivity. The other medications have a calming response and they typically work better on uh, children or adults with um, hyperactivity or impulsivity. And those fall into uh, several different classes. Uh, most of them are blood pressure medications like Prazosin and Tenex. And so 
they can be very effective, but there's an issue with potential um, pharmaceutical interventions for ADHD. And that is uh, short-term can be things like weight loss, insomnia, um, tics, which is involuntary movements in the face or in the uh, extremities, and, and maybe even verbal tics. There's um, a risk for growth retardation. And, and then long-term consequences of um, medications would be heart disease, high blood pressure, seizure disorder. There is a greater propensity towards abuse and addiction with the use of these medications. And even the addition of some other mental health challenges like bipolar disorder, psychosis, and schizophrenia. So it's very important for us to come up with alternative therapies and interventions for this not rare disorder. And so a disorder that has multiple inputs also requires a multi-pronged, a multi-pronged individualized approach. So we would like to evaluate and address any nutrient deficiencies, evaluate and address any hormonal deficiencies, evaluate and address infections and toxicity and food sensitivities and allergies. There's an interesting therapy that is not necessarily unique to this practice, but we um, incorporate it in this multi-pronged individualized approach called ISIS microcurrent neurofeedback. And one of the things that have been found to be a problem in children and adults with ADHD is a weakening of these connections. And then the subsequent stress that that engenders in their lives with um, depression, anxiety, and insomnia. Well, first, let me tell you what ISIS microcurrent neurofeedback is. It's EEG-directed transcranial electrical stimulation. And so we hook up some wires to your head, whether it's your child or your, your own, and the, the EEG, the electrical impulse from the brain, is read on the device. And it detects um, weak signals. It detects... Um, excessive or um, abnormal signals from the brain, and it sends an offset signal back to the brain. In doing so, it stimulates the um, production of new neurons and new connections in the brain. It stimulates the production of an appropriate production of neurotransmitters. It helps to balance the autonomic nervous system, which is the part of the nervous system that controls the um, automatic functions of the body, respiratory rate, heart rate, blood pressure, and that's the system that's most important for um, that fight or flight response that people experience or being in that rest, digest, and repair response. And doing so, we, um, using this device, it encourages that rest, digest, repair uh, response. And there's also uh, something called the glymphatic system, which in, is involved intimately in detoxification of the brain and it's been shown to increase that as well. So touching on a couple of different issues with ADHD, which is inappropriate or in, uh, neurotransmitter production, uh, usually a deficiency, and a deficiency of appropriate connections between the uh, important areas of the brain, the I, we found ISIS could be very beneficial in that circumstance. So it becomes... Um, apparent 
why a multi-pronged individualized approach is important because there's a variety of different folks with individualized problems and um, they may not have all the same deficiencies um, or toxicities. And so we don't want to take that cookie cutter approach with you. We understand at the here at the Hotsi Health and Wellness Center that complex issues um, can be daunting and going to your conventional medical professional would typically result in a prescription for one of these medications that we talked about. Then those medications, while helpful for some, uh, are fraught with potential side effects and we would prefer to do something for you naturally. You weren't born with a Ritalin deficiency or 10X deficiency. And, and so we would like to work with your your body and your creator to uh, address the things that your body needs and take away the things that your body doesn't. And here at the Hotsi Health and Wellness uh, Center, we uh, look to a natural approach to help you deal with the disorders and your challenges in your everyday life. We would ask you to scan the QR code on the screen to receive a free copy of any of Dr. Hotzi's best-selling eBooks located on our website, which is hotzi.hwc.com. As always, if you're interested in a complimentary wellness consultation, contact our wellness consultants at 281-698-8698. That's 281-698-8698. And ask for a complimentary copy of Dr. Hotzi's book, hormones, health, and happiness. At Physicians Preference Pharmacy, we believe that personalized medical treatment and customized medications are the best way to help you achieve your healthcare goals. Sometimes this requires adjusting the dosage form of the medication from something like an oral capsule to a tablet which dissolves underneath the tongue. This is called a sublingual tablet. Sub meaning under, lingual meaning tongue, under the tongue. And there are several reasons why your doctor may want your medications to be custom-made into a sublingual tablet. Perhaps you have trouble swallowing capsules or difficulty absorbing medications. With sublingual tablets, you still get the treatment you need in a way that is effective for you. Tablets made here at Physician's Preference Pharmacy are designed to dissolve fully under the tongue in just a few minutes and offer an additional option for you to achieve your healthcare goals. Information provided on this program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this program is at the listener's discretion.